see. Uh, I think we got a couple people here. This is new. We are on the Facebook. You are listening to the Late Night Playset Podcast. My name is Jay Ryan. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. Today is Wednesday, July 1st, 2020. Like I said, welcome back to the Late Night Playset. It is July. That means we are halfway through 2020. How does everybody feel? <laughs> I don't know how I feel about it. Oh, my gosh. I'm, uh, I guess I'm happy that we're half over, but I feel like we haven't even begun with everything that's going on. So um, I'm going to tell you what's going on tonight. Uh, it's not going to be a usual show. It's not going to be your usual late night playset. You'll see, obviously, I'm here alone. My name is Jay Ryan, if I haven't said that already. Mrs. Ryan is on assignment tonight. Uh, our guest this evening is going to be a, uh, a fellow who's been here before. He was actually one of our, I think he was one of our first guests ever back with uh, Life with the Ryans. And he's back tonight. He, um, he's got a lot of stuff going on. His name is Winston Bird. He's a trumpet player. He's a musician here in Los Angeles, but he plays all over the world. Uh, I know him through, uh, I can't remember who he was playing with the first night I met him. Maybe Desi Delorio? I can't remember. But we uh, know him, of course, from uh, the Nasty Delicious Band, and, uh, and, he, and he plays with everybody all over the place, as well as commercials and sessions. And he's here today to talk to us a little bit about what's going on with him in his life and his career. And uh, I think it's going to be kind of a serious conversation. And I'm, <laughs> with the exception of the fact that the subject matter is something that uh, is, is he's going through right now, uh, with the exception of that, I'm really looking forward to it because I think it's going to be very real. I think it's going to be very honest. And uh, I think it's going to be very um, timely for, for the, the, the world and the landscape that we're all living in right now. So uh, without further ado, I'm just going to bring him in here. Let's see. Mr. Winston Bird, how you doing, brother? Let's see. Make sure you're off mute. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. And you look great. And I can't help but notice. Thank you. Let's see. I believe you're in. Is that a Philly? Oh, it's an Eagles jersey, right? Are you representing? That's right. Eagles. You're representing. When I'm home, I wear the colors. So That's is, right. is that where you are right now? Are you actually in Philadelphia? Yes. Um, I'm in Philadelphia. Uh, unfortunately, um, we had a tragic event in our family um, about a week ago. Um, my big brother, Michael, he passed away age 54. Um, 35 years at American Airlines. He He's he was my rock. He was the guy that always said, you know, if somebody ever bothers you, you tell me and I'm on him. Wow. And um, with um, Hang in there, brother, hang in there. <laughs> we'll get through this. This isn't even what you called about. Well, Way to break the ice. No, yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, but what we're going to talk about tonight, you know, he's right here. Yeah. And, and he's bringing me right through it. So, well, let's get into it then, brother. All right, so g finish this story. What's going on? You, you, you obviously just your family just went through something pretty, uh, pretty severe. Yeah, and this, this what what happened today has actually been brewing for about ten years, and within the last three years of those ten years, it's almost like. It's almost like an all the president's men type story when you get one little piece of evidence or something and that one piece breaks into something so big and so abhorrent 
and it's basically so inhuman that it's unreal. And when you find out it's, that it's directed at you, not because of the person you are or how you hold yourself or how you conduct yourself or as a musician, whatever, it's based on this. It's based on this. You're saying skin color right now. Yes. And we've dealt with it. We've been dealing with it now since Ahmaud Aubrey and Brianna Taylor and now George Floyd. And it's still going on here and there. And this got to stop. It's got to stop, man. This is this is absolutely stupid, man. I mean, grown men acting like complete ignorant bastards. It's just beyond me. Because when you work so hard in your life to try and do something and make something yourself, and people just think that they have the right to, to define you and tell you who you are based on what you look like or how you conduct yourself, they don't know you as a man or a woman or Whoever you are, they don't know you. They can just come at you however which way and think it's okay. No. It's wrong. And that's why I did what I did this morning. So let's tell everybody. Let's let's back up just for a second so that everyone understands what exactly we're talking about. Because if I may, actually, I'm going to back it up by like a day or so. You called me the other day. I sent you a message, uh, condolences on your brother. And, and, And you called me immediately to say, I need your help. And I thought, oh my goodness, all right, what can we do? The reason you were calling was something completely unrelated to your brother, and that's what we're getting to now. Um, What did you do today? Let's tell tell everybody what happened today for for Winston Bird. Okay, uh, today I uh, released a video that I made uh, earlier in the week um, with with a dear friend of my brother who just, when I said what I was going, what I was trying to do, he immediately jumped at the chance and he's probably watching tonight and I want to give him props. His name is John Connorino and he was a dear friend of my brother's. Uh, remembered me as a little kid as he calls me and everybody in my family calls me Pooh. And he, he was, uh, he jumped right at the chance. And what I did was I forwarded him uh, pretty much all the briefs that, um, that, I had written up by another friend. I mean, and I, I just, I don't mean to go off tangent. I just want to say. No, no, this is your that, time, brother. Go ahead. I just want to say that there have been so many people that knew about this problem that offered things and, 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 and services to help me. Uh, a wonderful friend, uh, Tony Starks, who worked as a law clerk for a minute. She, she sat with me for hours and I just, gave her the story and she typed it up beautifully. And she was always, she, she and her husband, Alvin have been there for me throughout this. Um, there have been so many people that have become like a counsel to me going through this, not to make the wrong, right or well, not to make the wrong decision and just to proceed firmly, but cautiously because the other side that we're dealing with is, is just, and I'm trying to find the right word. I don't want to be, I don't want to be belligerent. I don't want to be disgusting, but the only way, and I guess it's my Philly way, Jay, is just like, these guys are a bunch of uneducated bums. 
You know, I mean, I who, who exactly are we talking about right now? Because I don't think I think right now we've dropped a tremendous amount of breadcrumbs, but we haven't exactly said what's going on other than it has to do with racism. And okay. we definitely um, feel like you were wronged and you definitely sound like you've done the right course of action here because you've gotten other people involved and there have been a lot of steps along the way. But you released a, a, a statement, a video, a whatever today, and it's gotten a lot of traction on on the social media. And what happened was you wanted to explain. I, I don't want to. This is your thing, so I don't really want to say too much. But it seems to me. I whistle blowed. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I whistle blowed. Yeah, That's so, what I and, did. And, and this is a little foreign to me because I've never been involved in a whistle blowing. And even today, I'm not because I told you in order for us to do this, I would have to. This would have to be like a, a, a subjective third party, almost yeah. like a. All right, let's tell us all the details. Let's hear your side. Um, okay. Um, the, and, the whole and that's kind of what I want to start whole, with so that we at least have a foundation for what exactly we're discussing here today. Um, to the to you, Jay, and to the viewing audience, I hope you don't mind. It's not a crutch. It's just a little bit of a, a thing right now. I hope you don't mind. Uh, there we go. <laughs> My brother's like a smoke. <laughs> Because it's almost like the song, set him up, Joe. I got a story I want to tell you. This all started about three years ago, before, right before the presidential election of 2016. And it was, it, was, it was almost exactly a week before. And I received a phone call from, as they say, the number one guy in L.A., the number one trumpet player in L.A., Wayne Bergeron. And he's on everything. He does everything. Nothing gets by him. Even the and we know each other. Yeah, we know each other, but we've never played together. We don't hang out. We don't do that. We just, we just, we play the same instrument. We run into each other. It's like, hey, how you doing? I'm always one guy to speak. Depending on what he, what he's doing or whatever, he'll speak. He won't speak. I'm like, whatever. But the phone call that I got, because he never calls me. Yeah, I'm not on his radar. Really, I'm not. I know I'm not on his radar, but I guess I, you know, I have been. You'll determine from the story I tell you. So I pick up the phone because I'm kind of a conscientious domesticator. I get up early. I clean my house if I have to, whatever. And if I'm done early in the day and I've already practiced or whatever, I take a nap. So he called me like just in and out of a nap. And I just was groggy. And I picked up the phone. I said, hello. Hey, Winston, it's Wayne Bergeron. Get your black ass out of bed. All right, that like, seems to be inflammatory. May I ask was, the question, the, the obvious question, certainly for the viewers, uh, yeah, sure. is Wayne Berger, what, what does Wayne Bergeron look like, Winston? <laughs> well, I think he's white, but I'm, I'm willing to bet he's, he's white. But no, he is. He's Caucasian. Okay. Know? I, I, yeah. I'm not saying and, that that matters, but I, I not knowing well, any of these people and any of these players and the fact that we're – anyway, I just wanted to know. So go ahead. So – I I was kind of disheveled. I was like, wait a minute, what the hell is this? And he's like, oh, call me back when you get yourself together. I'm like, okay. And the first place I called, I called home. I called here. I called my father, and I told him what happened. And my father was pissed. But then my mother heard it. You don't mess with this bird's son. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but your face nah, man. absolutely says it all. I'm telling you. Hey, look, I have seen the best of them try to tussle with my mother. My mother's a retired beautician. 
she's got notches in combs from people that tried to mess with her. And they long since gone. Yeah, she's a gunslinger. So I got off the phone with them as they were really pissed. And I called another friend of mine in Texas who knows everybody in the situation. And he was pissed. And he's like, well, what are you going to do? I said, well, I'll call him back. Now, someone made a comment earlier, and I thought it was, you know, they were feeling what I was saying. I thought to myself, well, maybe this is kind of him trying to break the ice, per se. And I'm of the type, well, if I got to take a little bit of that and of that just to get in the door, because we've had to for God knows how many years, Jay, you know, just to get in the door, we got to take flack. Okay, I'll take that little bit of flack just to get in the door. But then after a conversation of 90 minutes about absolute bullshit, we just feel, you know, I guess he feeling me out. I never heard nothing back from him. You know, it was no kind of a staff that, well, I guess we're not establishing a relationship. So wake up, get out of bed, get yourself together. Give me a call back. We talk for an hour and a half and then you don't hear from him again. So obviously that was sort of a vibe check maybe. And he didn't feel the vibe. Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're feeling? No, where I come from. Where I come from, it's called pissing on your head and telling you it's raining. <laughs> you know, I know I know I'm not anywhere near number one, but here's the thing. And Jay, you said it earlier, and I'm thankful for people like this, like Craig Robinson and Gerald Wilson and folks like that. And Jules Chaikin, who's long gone, he was one of the first contractors that hired me. And those guys gave me chances. Aside from what the status quo said, they went with me. And every time they've gone with me, I pay off. You know what I'm saying? And you've seen me in action. There's no contest. I mean, we met. I, I, we we, met, at, we met at a gig, and 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 you. I, I here's the deal. I heard you play your horn, and I said, "Hey, do you know of a guy named Lou Soloff?" Because I grew up with no, my family knew him, and I used to go to. And you said, "Lou Soloff is like my. He's like my my trumpet god. I of course I know him." And and it was this was right before he passed away, of course. But yeah. we related over that. Of course, I've heard you play. I compared you to what I consider to be the best trumpet player who who lived, or certainly from our time. So yeah, uh, damn you know, damn straight you bring you, it. You know what I'm gonna tell you, Lou. Well, all right, and, let's keep it on you. Let's keep it on yeah, you and, well, and the subject yeah. matter for today. Okay. All right, so so I Wayne Bergeron says this thing. Lou, man. Well, hang on. So I, I just want to keep it on here. So you guys have okay. your your thing, yeah. and and you call it whatever you call it, and whatever. Then well, what exactly what, happened? Because that isn't who you were calling out to. I mean, what happens from here? Well, I did call him out today. So after that happened. I said, well, I'm going to see where everything goes. We're going to talk again. We're going to work. What are we going to do? I mean, you called me. I didn't bother you. Before that moment, I wasn't even thinking about Wayne. He wasn't even in my orbit. Okay. And then he called, and then it was like, okay, what is this? So I let it go, and I said, you know, let's see where this goes. But those words kept chewing at me and chewing at me and chewing at me and my father finally said you know what take it to the union see what they're gonna do did you feel that okay hang on before before, hang on before did you feel at that point like that was your only recourse is that that was your only option and i'm not trying to put words in your mouth but i am trying to figure out what your state of mind was okay 
my state of mind was I can only go to the union. What could I do? I mean, I'm a union member. He's a union member. Now, my father is a 43, 44, 45 plus year Teamster member, shop steward. You know, he was all in it. They didn't have that kind of crap going on back then. And even if somebody did, and this is going back to the old days of the Teamsters, they got beat so bad, they never saw another color again because that's just how they didn't play that crap. But nowadays, it's like, oh, he didn't mean it, gaslighting. But continuing with the story, I finally went to President John Acosta, who sits at the helm now of AFM Local 47. And I went to him with it. And in the beginning, he seemed pretty genuine about it. He was surprised about it. And he said, I'm going to get down to the bottom of this. Just keep it cool. We don't want anybody to find out about this, which kind of said a little something in the back of my brain. But I said, okay, we'll see. And Jay, I'm a busy guy, but I can move my schedule. But between John and Wayne, it took them nine months just to just to get some kind of schedule together. Nine months. I got all the emails. I mean, it was like one after another. It was like we set up the meeting, we break the meeting, set up the meeting, break the meeting. And just back and forth, battle, all this stuff. And in the middle of it, I got invited to a dinner one night. I took a friend of mine. I went, I went to a dinner. And I was sitting at the union table. And I'm sitting in here. All these professionals, people I know, don't know. Not one person came up to me. And it was just like, okay, I get a free meal. and you, I get finesse. Wow, okay. I got an email on that, too. I don't know what the hell that was. And what do you, what do you, I don't, I'm not following. What's the fin- – <laughs> you're saying it's a little bit of lip service? Is that what's going on? <sighs> a lot of lip service. I call it bullshit. I call it bullshit. Okay. Because it okay. was like, oh, okay. You know, it's almost like the red buttons joke. He gets insulted and they give him a dinner, you know? So oh, it was kind of like, you <laughs> You're know. Doing, you just did red and, buttons? <laughs> what year is you it? You didn't watch the old Dean Martin comedy roast? They never gave this guy a dinner. <laughs> I got a dinner and I got insulted. So. You're the funniest you know, whistleblower and, ever. <laughs> Amen. You, really, you know what? Really, you, it, you definitely know, on, you know how to, side, I have to start some shit and style. I have to. I have to laugh at this to keep from almost going to the dark side because I know I, people I understand that, that brother. Go ahead. This, but you know, my parents didn't raise me to be no heathen. They raised me to be smart, and that's how I'm fighting these people. Smart. They think that we're less than what we are. Like we're just violent and barbarians. I'm going to beat them at their own game with their own words. But continuing the story. Uh, so we finally had the meeting like nine months later in February of I want to I, I believe it was 2019. I keep going back to the 29th. I, it feels like that. I have everything written down, but to give an oral thing and someone mentioned it today, I might be off here. I might be off there, but I have everything in my brief written down to the exact day. So I'm just trying to give my best oral account right here. Sure. So when we had the meeting in, in February, I want to say 2019. We sat down, and well, you're telling the whole story. You're telling the whole story again. But but what happened, or what happened this morning, is directly related to this event. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Ah, okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Everything go ahead. in that video today is directly what I'm going. What I'm telling you right now. Got it. So, uh, we had the meeting, and it's a lot of BS. I'm hearing stuff that in the meeting that probably I, I shouldn't even be hearing about other people's careers. And I'm wondering, you know, when we won't get around to the meat and potatoes of it. 
So finally, after beating around the bush for maybe about 40 minutes or 45 minutes, we finally settle in on it. He, he, John settles in on a conversation. Okay. And I, I just take it right to Wayne. I'm like, well, why did you say it? Why did you say that to me? You know, I mean, I have been nothing but respectful to you since I got here. You know, I knew I was the new guy in town, but I came with a pretty damn good pedigree coming from New York and all the guys that I played with there. So I could handle myself. If there was anything that I needed to learn, I could shut up and just pick it up. But these guys were really tantalizing me. So now we're sitting in there, we're talking about it, and it gets down to it. And I just asked him, why? Why did you say it to me? Have I ever been disrespectful to you before? I don't think so. This is and interesting. I'd like to add but hang on, hang on, hang on. Did he have? Include- oh, sorry. Did he have any idea? I mean, I understand you being, uh, you know, gearing up for this the whole time. When you actually did that, did he have any clue what you were talking about? Oh man, he walked into the meeting white as a ghost, and he even said, "And oh. I might as well let it be known, I taped the entire conversation." Okay. I don't play around, Jay. Okay. Because see. I might not have caught him on the phone when he told me to get my black ass up out of bed, but I was damn sure going to nail his ass to the wall for apologizing about it. He wasn't going to get off. Okay. I mean, I've heard many things about Wayne where he's done pranks to people and done this and laughed it off. And I just knew one day he was going to, he was going to trifle with me and get caught. I knew it. I, 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 I'm not a, I'm not a soothsayer or anything like that. I'm just a viber, man. And I vibed off him and I knew he was going to, he was just going to cross me. I knew it. I never bothered him. I had the utmost respect for him and his damn peers. And they still want to go and trash my reputation. But back to the story. Yeah. So we had a meeting and the whole thing. And I mean, I I, I had to grill him about it. But John kind of curtailed it to the point where, you know, let's let's try to get along and, you know, let's see if we can work on getting you some opportunities afforded to you, Winston, and this and that. And Oh, Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. any other day so, that would that would be a wonderful thing. Today that rubs me the wrong way. Today that's a payoff. To no, me. well, well, that's because it was a whole. It was a goddamn lie. So once we got past that, and I guess they felt everything was sweet. About four, about three months later, I get a phone call from a very very dear friend. His name is Daniel Parker, and Daniel Parker. Uh, is co-owner of a company called Facet Mutes, and I endorse their product. They make great mutes, wooden mutes, very high-end, and now they're making these new, uh, what do you call them, uh, uh, 3D-printed mutes that I'm going to start advertising soon. But he he called me up one day, and he's like, Bird, I got to talk to you. I'm like, hey, man, what's what's going on? He's like, I got to talk to you. I said, what's up? Um, I hope you didn't mind me doing this, but... I called Rick Baptist at Local 47. Rick Baptist is the present vice president right now under John Acosta. And he said, you know, I just asked him point blank, Winston, why are you not getting the or afforded the opportunities that all these other guys are getting and other younger guys, well, not even younger guys, other guys coming in out of town Younger guys coming out of college and they're passing you. And they told you to wait in line the first time you played a solo in town. They were like, oh, no, you got to wait. You got to wait your turn. I was like, okay. And then they came with something else called the 10-year rule. This was complete bullshit, Jay. 
They want you to sit in town 10 years so you don't run off with the money. Man, I came to L.A. to live and make money. What kind of fucking bullshit is that? It's based on so, something, right? Based on horse shit. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, I can fertilize. We could, I mean, everything you're going to hear tonight, everything that they talk, you could fertilize the Sinai for the next 10,000 years with it. So now I'm wondering what's going on. He said, I asked him point blank. I said, well, what did Rick say, Dan? And Dan told me that he proceeded to dress me down to my bones. I can't play. I'm a one-dimensional player. Uh, I don't own a seed trumpet. I'm not classically trained, uh, proficiently classically trained, Jay, but I know my way around the classical vocabulary. I play all the brass. I don't play uh, a bunch of key different trumpets like G or F. Ooh. If there's an earthquake going on, man, you got to go to my place and make sure my flat no, no, screen is going to fall. No, no, no. Don't worry about it. You, you're up. Go ahead. Get you, get you, get you. That was a riot. So... And I'm listening to him talk about this, and I'm saying, I'm saying to myself, what? And I'm going to go on record and say, I worked with Rick Baptist twice. The first time I worked with him, I worked on a session, and it's actually on my Facebook right now if anybody wants to go listen to it. I did a session when I first got to town and was contracted on over Warner Brothers at Eastwood, uh, Eastwood Soundstage. Man, you would have thought I was Charlie Bucket in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory when I walked in there, man. I mean... I was walking on air that day and I went in 70 piece Hollywood studio orchestra. I'm looking at all these names. I remember one, uh, Wendy Melvoin from the revolution, her father, Mike Melvoin, God rest his soul. Great piano player. This man didn't know me from Adam's house cat walked right up to me after the first time he heard me play and said, welcome to Los Angeles. I'll never forget that man. He was a damn good man. For somebody to do that, that meant a lot to me, man, because I'm coming from New York, Philadelphia. I don't know, you know, I know them, but they don't know me. And for somebody to step across this threshold and say, welcome to town. I'll never forget that, man. So I went in there and long story short, what you hear on my Facebook, there's a post, the shadow of your smile. God rest Johnny Mandel. He passed away yesterday. And it was befitting because I played lead on this tune and I sat with my father. I hadn't heard this song in 15 years. My father had never heard it before, and we were listening to it, and I said, before I started crying, I said, see if you hear anything on there that sounds familiar. And I had one point in it where I really was on top of this orchestra, and he just looked at me, and he said, I heard it. That's my son. And I had proven myself that day. I was very proud of myself that day. I'm sitting here talking to you about it now. Jay, and I can remember it vividly, you know, how I did that day. I was so proud of myself, and guys that I knew in that session were proud of me because I came in there and showed myself. But Rick was on the session with me, and I proved myself. The second time we played together, we were I was uh, I was on Gerald Wilson's band. Hang on, we brother. Were, uh, uh, brother, we got to stay on topic here. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'm, I, 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 this is on topic. This oh, is this is topic. all the same thing? Oh, okay, okay. Yes, it's all the same thing. Trust me. I'm not going off topic. I'm okay. telling you. It's, it's a line. I have to explain to you the characters and the timeline. I totally so, understand. Okay, now I got you. So, Rick, the second time we play together is Gerald Wilson's band, and we're recording the album Detroit. So, we're recording this one tune. I'm sitting on the date, man, with an abscess wisdom tooth. 
I'm on Vicodin, Codeine, Percocet, and I got a six pack of Coke over there. And I'm like, just rocking back and forth my chair, trying to keep it together. And it's not I'm in pain, but it feels like something's like this, or you know. So we get to this one piece. Gerald stops the band, and in his beautiful voice, he says, uh, Rick Baptist, could you give me a double B flat on the end of this, please? Now, I'm sitting there like, oh, I'm going to get the air, old boy, get his shit off. The record company's in the booth, photographers all over, because the L.A. band had not been recorded in years. And there are guys that will attest to this in person. Rick says, um, Gerald, I think that would be more in Winston Bird's department. Because of the register? Now, or or the whaling? Or what, why? It, both. Hey, wow. you got to have to get up there, man. And I'm thankful that God gave me the talent to dance around up there. So I'm sitting there and I, you know, hey, man, Eagles, E-A-G-L-E-S. We don't back down for nobody. I put it, I said it in my mind, let's do this. It came around. It's on print. You can hear it. I tore my ass on that note. I didn't see Rick after that. We only played, now mind you, we only played together two times. He becomes the vice president. So when Dan, I have to get back to Dan now, when Dan gave me that message, He said, oh, by the way, he also sent me a text message pretty much saying everything that he told me on the phone. And I believe you have that text message, Jay. I do. Uh, Hang on one second. (laughs) I do have it. I didn't put it in like you asked me to (laughs) because I forgot, but I did save. (laughs) Forgive me. All right. Can Can I read it and show it at the same time? Is that all right? Please do. Tried. He has already tried. He has well, we can't hear you. Oh, shit. Yeah, of course not. Thanks. All right. Well, I'm just going to Well, you read know what? Read it, I'm read gonna it read at it. the desk. No subject from Rick, Rick Baptist. Uh, this is the, the text message that was sent to me uh, from, from Winston Bird. Um, he has already tried. This is referring to you, correct, Winston? Yeah, and before you get past he already tried, when did I try? I was never given a chance. It's like okay. it's one thing he, you give everybody else a chance at bat, but I don't even get a chance at bat. Everybody else strikes out. So this is in response to something else that that you've already talked about. But what he says here is he has already tried. He has pissed off Wayne Bergeron, the number one guy in town. He has pulled the race card to John and I about the town. He can't hurt me in my position as VP. I am not even playing anymore. If he was smart, he would shut up and maybe practice long tones and try to blend with the legit classical style trumpeters. uh, I think he means as the classic trumpeters do in this town. They don't care about high notes. Um, just big fat trumpet sounds and be able to play in the section with these classical musicians that are doing all the studio work in town. I do feel bad for him, uh, but right now he is his own worst enemy, not other trumpeters in L.A. Thank you, my friend. I hate you are put in the middle of this, but you know what it is like dealing with trumpet guys. And then it's, you know, that face with the tongue out in the eyes. Um, uh, I mean... (laughs) I, I see somebody there who is very careful with their answer either way. I see somebody who maybe is acknowledging what you're saying, but is also very 
very careful well, I, with, with, I, I with like how he respond. responded. I like to, I like to respond to that. Number one, sure. as far as classical trumpet players, his dumb ass doesn't realize I've sat guest principal trumpet with, let's see, the Detroit Symphony Orchestra, the Gulf Coast Symphony Orchestra, Orchestra Kentucky, the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra, and a few others after that. I have to go over my resume. Sure, but sure. Some people, no, so, some so your position is that what he's saying here is not accurate. That's your position. So he's actually. So you're I, I, saying I, I, that what he's saying is not accurate, and that could cost you work in the future. That's your position. It's bullshit, and he's out to get me, and he's okay. been out to get me. Let's just start with he's already tried. When did I try? When was I afforded a fair chance to prove myself? I had proven myself twice before that, Jay. Oh, I see your point. So this is his, you're you're th- saying that this is his attempt to sort of squash it. Over here, just Thank put it away. You. Okay, Thank I see. You. I see. And then to turn around and say, "Oh, I should blend with the classical trumpet players." Um, some of those guys from probably the orchestras that I played were watching this now and saying, "You know what? He's probably full of shit because he sat next to me and he was cool." So, as far as what Rick's saying, all I got for him is this. Luckily, I can't see that. Luckily, we can't see it, but you know. If you're going to talk about somebody where I'm from, brother, if you want to say something to somebody, you got something you want to say, here I am. Be a man and say it to me. Don't hide behind a, fo- a phone or a computer screen or whatever. Be a goddamn man and tell me to my face I ain't shit. I might respect you this much before I have to dress you down to the point where you're going to have to look up to tie your shoes but at least I'll give you that. At least he did come up and tell me I wasn't shit. But when I got done with him, he was shit. All right. So we clearly are at an impasse with how you feel about this guy, and he clearly feels his certain way. But what what are what do you want from this? And then what steps are you taking? Well, I'm, I'm not even you got, done. You got a lawyer I'm involved, even... and you put a video out today because you wanted to you wanted people to know your side of the story, your story. Yes, I want people to know. I mean, look at what we've been through in the past weeks, Jay. We've been dealing with Bubba Wallace and his thing at NASCAR and them trying to deny it and tell him he's crazier than cat shit, which he wasn't. That was a noose. You know, you got one guy who had his had his body on on George Floyd trying to say, oh, self-defense. Well, we're there's a lot of things being funneled down into this one thing right here. I'm certainly will all, agree with all, you that the landscape is together. tumultuous right now. It all right goes now. together. It's gaslighting. It's dog whistling. And it's trying to make us, fit, you know, like we're the bad guys. They never found that $20 bill that got George in trouble. And it wasn't even counterfeit to begin with. We musicians, the, we black the, people, we people, what are we saying? What, what I'm saying is we as black people, as black musicians, as black entertainers, as black professionals, as black doctors and black lawyers, we are assassinated every damn day. And what I mean by that assassination is the points. We are assassinated characteristically. Our reputations are assassinated at any chance that can be taken. Our well-being is assassinated. If we try to live good, we get put down even more. And our good names are assassinated. If we try to stand for something good, they try to chink at our armor. And in the lowest common denominator, we're assassinated physically, Jay. 
And we're supposed to sit back and try to make peace. And we try to make peace and we try to make peace. You know, somebody said to me the other day, and I thought it was funny, but it made kind of sense. It's like, all we want is a little equality. We're not out here killing anybody and trying, you know, killing in the name of trying to stand up. We are peacefully trying to get along and say we want our seat at the table. Shirley Chisholm said it best. If I can't get a seat at the table, I'm going to bring a damn folding chair. And that's what I've had to do, Jay. But getting back to the story, because it goes further, when I got the text message and everything, I'm not going to lie to you. I was evil. I was evil for a while. And because seeing those words and knowing the person behind those words and him and Wayne have been friends for I don't know how long. And to me, it looked like a really joint effort to go at me because as one good friend told me, it's like, man, they've thrown everything the kitchen sink at you for years in town, Winston. And this was the biggest thing they threw at you and, and they blew it. Because can I, can, I, can I interrupt you just for one second as someone, sure. who know, who, as someone who knows you, I just like to say something here. I have known you for, do you know how many years? I don't, I don't know. Five years, 10 years, probably no, more than five, years. less than 10, more than 10. No, I would say 10 because I remember when you had Michael J. Fox's. Oh, you know what? It was more than, yeah, it was more than 10 because Mrs. Ryan and I have been together. Oh, by the way, Mrs. Ryan is in the house, everybody. I'm going to uh, put this over here. There she is. She is watching. There you go. There's my big sister. (laughs) Uh, Here's the thing. I have known you for, call it 10 plus years. Bring you both in there. Um, Even the night I met you, I would have described you, oh, Winston is emotional. He's very emotional. He wears his heart on his sleeve. He feels with yes, his heart that's on his sleeve. You are a lover, not a fighter, but you will fight for love. Um, I've seen you stand up for what you uh, believe yes. is right. Uh, I've seen you get very hot. I, I'll say this. You've got a hot head sometimes. Doesn't last very long. But, 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 but hang on, hang on. Before you do, I have, for every time I've seen you hot, I have equally seen you be the cool guy in the room stopping somebody else who was getting hot you being the one saying no no brother that's not the way to do that so i am very fond of your character as a person i do think you're emotional i've been emotional in my life i still am sometimes there's no fault to that at all i just am curious how much of your emotions i can hear the wave as this story comes out of you and i don't know how much is you're still processing this bullshit or how much of it is like, oh, I, I'm I'm nervous slash excited to actually be finally doing this, something I believe in, which I've been talking about for three years, but I'm actually doing today. Uh, what's going on with you? I kind of just want to check in. I want to let other people know how I know you and what I know to be about you, because there's a lot going on on this on this little roller coaster, and and I basically just want to do a check in and then hear the rest of the story because we've got about twenty twenty five. I mean, we can go as long okay. as you want, but theoretically for the hour, we've got twenty minutes left. Okay. Um, Jay, I know you to be story. a lover, Winston Bird. I know that you fight for good. I know this in my heart. I know it in my heart. That's why we're. That's why I know you. That's why you were one of our first guests. It's why we met that night in an alley in Santa Monica behind a, a, a dive bar. You know, I mean, it, and and became lifelong friends. Right, right, right. I'm a weirdo. Uh, you're a weirdo. Okay. Hey, man. We weirdos stick together. Um, right on. My story, man, it's like, it's almost, 
it's almost, I don't want to say it's a Hollywood movie, man, but I come from very, very humble beginnings. My mother and father, I was born in Camden, New Jersey, and Camden is not really one of the most favorable cities in America. It's trying to get itself back, which I hope and pray it will. But by the grace of God and the wisdom those two wonderful people had, they were determined to make a better life for their two boys. And they moved us out of Camden at a very early age, and we moved to South Jersey in a more demographically Caucasian area. I went to an all-white high school. Um, it was one of very few blacks, maybe three or four. But in kindergarten, I just I didn't know. And I'll never forget the first time like a kid called me a nigger in kindergarten, and I didn't know what a nigger was. And unfortunately, I heard that word all throughout my scholastic life. And it's not a good word. As Richard Pryor once said, and I totally agree with him, it's a word that describes our own wretchedness. Um, and when we you, as people, when, right? All of us. Yeah, yeah, it's just my people. For my people, it, it just to describe our wretchedness, and it's not a good oh. word. It, it, it's not a good word. Oh, I see. It's a word that shouldn't be said, and I'm guilty of it. And I should, you know, I shouldn't have said it in the past. And I'm not gonna lie, but if you can learn from your mistakes and try to do better, do better with them. But what I'm, what you to answer your question, when you hear that, pretty much all your young life and what have you, it's it's like. It's like an impediment on your body that you just can't get off. And when other people see it and it, and it did transform to LA, which I'll get to in a little bit, but it's just something that I wrestled with. My brother wrestled with my father wrestled with when he was a young man, my mother would come home and be running home and the kids would call her baby shit because she was my complexion. Like the, those are the names that they would call her. So when all that funnels down into, especially, I'm sorry, excuse me, when it funnels down into what I'm dealing with right now, yeah, it makes me pretty damn angry because, Jay, I worked all my life. People sacrificed for me. People pushed me. They saw something in me that said, this kid's going to be something. Let's help him. And then to get right up to where I I know I can do it and then to be denied by certain people to get in the door based on their lies and innuendos about you and then to bring in the race card. And I'll address that just very quickly. When he talked about I played the race card to him and John, Rick wasn't even in that meeting. He wasn't even there. He sent a, 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 an email request to me asking if he could sit in on the meeting. And my counsel said, hell no. We're talking to the president, Wayne, and me. That's enough. We don't need any more players at the table. But that was him trying to insert his uh, politicalness in there and try to even string it out even further. And I kind of wish he had sat in on that meeting because I would have got his ass on tape too and he would have said something stupid. you know. And just so anybody doesn't get it misconstrued, Yes, it is against the law to tape someone without them knowing, but it's also you can if they're committing a crime. Remember Billy Banks? 
the football player and the girl who lied on him and said that, oh, he raped me. He turned around and taped her ass, confessing that it was all untrue. And now they made a movie about him. I thought Billy Blanks was the type. I thought he was the Tybo guy. The same guy? Is it Billy? Is it Bill, Bank, Blank, Bank? No, that's Blanks. But I mean, I thought it was a, is it oh. Banks. It was the football player. Oh, Willie Banks. Tuesday. Willie Banks. I don't know. Might have no, no. This guy was Billy. What? <laughs> All right, tangent. Jeez. What? Um, what came out of it was he had to do what he had to do to protect himself. These guys are going to lie to protect themselves. Somebody had to catch him in a lie, and they got caught in a lie. And yes, I might get a little emotional about it, but when you walk a mile in my shoes, you would get emotional about it too. Oh, yeah. No, I, forgive me, brother. I was not trying to say that as a oh, negative. No, 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 I was, no, no, I was no, actually no, trying no. to say that as someone who I feel is in tune with things, who does wear his heart yeah, on. I, no, no, I, I meant it in a no, good way, I'm, honestly. Yeah, no, no, no. But, I mean, I'm just clarifying for the fact that they underestimated the person they were dealing with. They were playing a game of checkers with me. I'm playing chess. You know, that's mm-hmm. straight up and down. Because, I mean, they've been getting away with, especially Rick, he's been getting away with this crap for a lot of years. Other players in town have told me what they what he's done to them. And it's like, well, I guess I got to nail him. I, if nobody else is going to do it, well, I got to do it. You keep saying that nail him or whatever. What do you want out of this? Or is this it? Is just the fact that you wanted to be able to tell no. your story and, and, and put that out no, there? No, it's not about, no, no, I, you know. no, no. I ain't done with this yet, man. Not Okay, so what, sure. so then that sounds, it's a very legitimate question then. What do you want from this? Why are you doing this? Well, can we ask that question after the end of the story? Yes, absolutely. Go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry, Winston. Yeah, okay. Go ahead. Okay. No, 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 no. So after we got the text and all that, and I was I was in evil mode for a while, I decided, I said, well, I'm going to have to escalate this to the top of the Federation, the American Federation of Musicians. Ray Hare is our president. So I called John Farone, who is his secretary and who also is the editor of the International Musician, which is a magazine that goes out to all AFM union members uh, in the United States and Canada. And uh, I should also make mention that my, the company whose instruments I endorse, Cannonball Musical Instruments, they advertise me in all the trade mags, Downbeat, Jazz Times, Music Ad, Jazz Ad, what have you. And they, and they also advertise me in the International Musician. So let me just say that again. My company advertises me in the International Musician, which is the union newspaper for all of its members in the United States and Canada. They spend tens of thousands of dollars on me every year in advertisements just to them. Do people understand the logistics of how unions are set up? There are locals in all the different cities, but then there's a yeah, hierarchy. I, I would assume, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Well, with any union, you know, there's always... But basically, the, it's the equivalent like, of being like a national or global versus just, oh, the local player. Yes, this is, this is the head office. This is the head office. So I called John Farone, and I basically laid it out on the line to him. He gave me the same response. He was surprised. He... He was dumbfounded. He, this is this, we've never had anything like this before. And I was like, well, you've never heard of an officer actually diligently going after a member's reputation, you know, going after him like a vendetta almost. 
So we talked about it, we talked about it. So I drew up a brief and I sent it to him. He looked it over and said, well, maybe you might want to change a course of action and maybe just go with this one. So actually I obliged and I said, and I resent it and I was assured that I would get an answer in two, three days. How, how were you assured from whoever responded or how did John told me you would, I would get an answer in a few days. Got it. I didn't hear anything for three months. Did, did you reach out at the three months or uh, was that something? No, that- I reached out over the time of the three months because I was told. Uh, I was oh, and, and then you finally got a response after three months. After three months. And so just so we're on the same page, nine months for the meeting with John and Wayne. Now three, three months to see if I can get a hearing with the international board. This is the hearing board that oversees the whole federation. They're going to hear my case. After the three months, I get a call from John. Uh, I talked it over with Ray, and he thinks that it's a local matter. So what you're saying to me is the same people that are trying to do me in, you're going to send me back to them. Okay. So you know what? I followed protocol. I marched down there to Local 47, walked into the office, spoke with Gary Lasley, the treasurer, laid it all on his desk, and boy, was he in shock. We wrote up the papers. I was assured that I would hear something within 10 days, 7 to 10 days, and we would have, uh, I would get a hearing. And I actually, you know what? I did get a hearing. I got a hearing date. But here's the thing, Jay, and go to split screen because I want to I want to see your face when I drop this on. <laughs> I get a letter. I get this letter and it's a registered letter and email. We have scheduled a hearing for you on February 14th, Valentine's Day, a Friday. Do you know what do you know what was going on that day? Other I had to play me, NBA All-Star. Oh, well, I love you back. <laughs> I, I had to go to Chicago and play NBA All-Star Weekend. I was with Craig. Oh, nasty, delicious. Yes. So now you're going to ask me to give up more money. It's so probably the gig what? of the year. Yeah, the gig of the year. No, it's not even so much the gig of the year. You know we have fun. NBA All-Star Weekend, we had a ball. I'm not going to give up playing with my brothers and little sister, whom I love dearly and have fun with, to go deal with a kangaroo court. Well, but you asked for that kangaroo court. That's my opinion. No, I asked for the kangaroo court, but why are you going to ask me to give up my money that I need? You're already keeping me away. I agree with that. I agree with that. But one one could one could say, "Oh, well, how badly do you want it?" That's what one could say. That's a position to take there. Okay, so I turn down all that money, walk in there, and they go, "You're out of luck. You're shit out of luck." I'm not. I'm not telling you you're wrong. I think think that's probably exactly what would have happened. But I'm saying that the position, yeah. Yeah, so I'm not giving up money. I got bills to pay. You know, I got stuff to do. No, you're going to reschedule it. So I called the office at 47, told them, said, hey, I got to work. I got I, this. This has been on the books for about two months. Y'all just ain't going to pick a date and piss on my schedule. So then I was instructed to call 
this gentleman named Alan Savidoff. I don't know him. I never what a coincidence. We have him on the line right now. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. Oh, I brother, I was like, <laughs> I was ready. Because I've got a few choice words for him because he, I called him and I thought I was very polite. And I dealt with him in, you know, just a business manner. And he sent me some email that was very condescending, very officious, like, you should follow protocol and that, that, that. I'm like, well, wait a minute. Uh, you know, and this needs to be in writing. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. I've never had to file a grievance before. What are you coming down on me? What did I, did I catch you at a bad time or something? You know, they, they, you know there's no reason <laughs> it's not convenient to come off to like that. File a grievance. Exactly. So after that was done, Jay, that was, uh, that was maybe about a, a week before I left to go on the trip. This is uh this is July first. I ain't heard shit back from him since. Really? And I've from, called call it February seventh. Yeah, so when I came back Almost from four months. Yeah, when I came back from Chicago, I called down there. I said, Do we have a do we have a date yet? Oh, we're going through this, oh we're going through that, and we have this other I'm like, okay. They had five weeks before Corona hit and shut everything down. So okay. They send emails to all the members, the 47 members. Oh, we're back up and working. We're going to be doing things by Zoom and this and that. And I'm saying, where's my hearing? Okay. Didn't say nothing. Oh, we're going to be opening the studios soon and we're going to be back open, but only limited. And I'm saying, where the hell's my hearing? So the straw that broke the camel's back, we are at almost the end of this. I got a I got an email from John Acosta that they send to all the members the president's message, and this was about what happened to George Floyd and what happened to Ahmaud Arbery and all these names, and he's talking about we will root out this kind of racism in the union and our music industry, and we do not condone racial bias or bullying. And I'm sitting up there saying, "You dirty son of a." I said, let me let me just file this file this email in for B for bullshit. Keep it close because I see I'm going to have to to bring these words up. But then, almost a week later, a message from our president, Ray Hare, and the words that he read or the words that he wrote pissed me off to such a degree. I got on the phone that day and I called John Farone in New York. And I thought it was after hours. It was like 2 3 o'clock. And I called him. And I know that I guess they're still working from home and the forwarded messages or forward calls. This guy picked up the phone, Jay. He picked up the phone. I was like, ooh. Just like how you picked up the phone and said, hey, we got Alan right here. You know, I was like, ooh, good, good, good. So I greeted him with the proper pleasantries and whatever. And he was like, I said, when I said it was Winston, he was Winston bird. He was like, Oh, almost kind of like you again. what do you want? And I, you know, I asked him how's health was, you know, we're all dealing with COVID and all this stuff and trying to keep healthy. And I said, you know, I got to talk to you for a minute. And he's like, Oh, what's on your mind? I said, you know what? I'm not going to mince my words with you, John. I got a problem with you. I got a problem with your boss. And he said, well, what's that? 
I said, the next time you talk to your boss, Ray Hare, you tell him that Winston Bird, member number such and such and such and such, from the L.A. from the L.A. Music Union, uh, Local 47, thinks that he's full of shit. How can you sit up there and write words like, oh, we stand in tandem with those against racial bullying and bias and we condone we don't condone racism. And I'm saying, wait a minute. Now, John already bullshitted me with that email. Now I'm going to get it from the president. Oh, no, you have in, you have now brought the Philly wrath. Because you are not going to sit in front of me and paint yourselves with the blood of innocent, murdered victims that were minding their business and got snuffed out. And you're going to paint yourselves with that blood and go, oh, we're the good guys. We're the good guys. Nah, man, I'm not going to sit idly by and watch some bums try to act like they're the good guys. When, you know what, Jay, I could walk out of my house tomorrow. I could walk out of this house tomorrow, go to the store, and probably not come back. And that's the real truth. I've been harassed by the police before. I did a gig one time in Long Beach at Harvell's. I was on my way out of my house in Pasadena. I live in a, I live around million-dollar homes, man, in Altadena. And I'm going out of my house to go to the gig. I'm dressed. I got my hair down. I'm looking good. Not even two minutes. I pull out on the main street on Lake Avenue and I get pulled over. Do you know what the cop says to me? He didn't. I'll tell you right now. He didn't say license and registration, please. You know what his first question to me was? Are you a convicted felon? You know what I did? I got some good friends. I got a brother of mine that I grew up with. His name is Todd Graves. This cat gave me when he when he was when he was a full active duty cop. He gave me a PBA card. They don't give these things out unless no, they I, really yeah, I had know. one when I was this a kid. The police, like Policeman's Benevolent Association. I love that. Yeah, I had that, this, I had that this, too. My this dad is always the had State that. Troopers Association. It's the best. Yeah, and I pulled it out of my I pulled it out of my wallet and went right to him. And I was like, "Hey, man, does a convicted felon carry this?" And his whole shit just went. Bloop. He was done. And they had me sit there and sit there. And I'm like, all right. Finally, they come back. Well, you pulled out kind of close to us in front of us. I was like, I'm saying to myself, you guys were six blocks up the street. You must have been going pretty fast. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, I was coming home from my, my gig one night in Altadena. And I stopped by to get a sandwich. As soon as I came Winston, out of McDonald's, Winston, Winston, man, Winston, I gotta keep telling Winston. me, oh, you're in a bad neighborhood. We, we gotta stay on here. We gotta stay on here, buddy. I know that racism okay, okay. is a problem in this world. You okay. know you already have my vote so, on that. <laughs> yeah. Right. So how, how do right, I so help? The end of the conversation, so the end of the story. Well, I'll get to that. So at the okay. end of it, finally, you know, when I when I talked to when I talked to John Farone, I just had to take a stand, man. I had to take a stand. And I had to tell him, I said, man. You and your boys and whoever, you got till July 1st to make this right. Because I'm not going to sit around here like some kind of dumbass and you guys lie to me all the time and say, oh, we're going to take care of it then. And I wait 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 and I wait. Yeah, can just I keep ask, making can it Can I ask what you meant by right. make it right? Can I ask what you meant by make it right? What was your, what, what, what would have made it right for you? Make it right. What would have made it right for me throughout all of this 
Well, no, Was after the fact. Should... They've already wronged you, and that, no. we can't take that back. In your mind, they've wronged well, you. So how do we write? How let, would... let's, put it, let, let's put it this way. Up until I got denied by Ray and John, I would have been very happy just to sit at the table amongst those already there and just work and just be peaceful. We work together. If you don't like me, I don't like you, whatever. We can sit there and just play the music and get the hell away from each other. I'm just trying to get a check. But since the arrogance and the hubris and the ego of all these people involved just figured, well, he's just rank and file. He's not going to do anything. He's a nobody. He'll go away. Uh, right. That was the assumption. And I'm just gonna, exactly. And it's still, and it was still the assumption up to last night. Until today, I meant what I said. You had till July 1st, and now with everything going on in the country, you know what? I'll just join the ranks and say, you know what? Here it is, y'all. This is what's going on, and you need to pay attention to it. Just like Bubba, just like everybody else has been putting it out about every facet of society where it's it's so deeply rooted. I think I understand but, now. But I think nobody, I, go ahead. Nobody has taken on the music industry yet. Nobody has taken on the music. Look at look, been no, trying no, for saying, decades. <laughs> we've been trying, but no, no, we've been trying for decades, but it wasn't the right time. Jay, this is the time now. Yeah. We are uh, in three plus months of protests still. So People that's what that's what I'm that's what I think I'm seeing now is that not only is this your own personal fight, but it's the time where everyone should be bringing their own personal fights to the surface so that we can see, oh my gosh, there's a lot of stuff that nobody perhaps even knew that was going on, but it's going on everywhere. It's not just the the ones you hear about on the news that were killed by yes. cops or whatever. There's a lot of yes. other things that go on. Is that your point? Yes. It's a good one. I'm just asking. Oh, no, 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 no. Yes, that's my point. That is my overall point. So what's going on now, this is the what you experienced and this is now your truth. Yes, this is my truth. I came on your show tonight to tell the truth, that God's honest truth, what happened to me. It's been documented. It's been written down. I have so much evidence. I mean, just with the text message alone, how do you write some bullshit like that? I mean, if I'm around somebody and their playing might not be up to snuff, I'm not going to tear them down. I'm going to try to give them something that maybe might lift them up so if I see them again... They'll be better than the way I left them before. I 100% see your point, agree with you, totally understand. I just have no context for the text. I certainly read the text message, and I can certainly hear it the way you hear it. I also know that there's a million other things that could be going on there. So I don't know who's covering their ass. I don't know who simply is having a conversation. I don't know 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 any of that stuff. I don't know how many million things are there, man. I mean, because when I put that out there today and let the world see, it was in the comments, but I got a couple messages like yo you should put that out like in a post and let everybody see it for what it is so i put it out there it's all big it's his name it came from his phone he thought those thoughts he wrote them down he pressed send and the old adage is there's a there's an old saying i know you know the blues brothers yeah I do. donald duck Dunn, he said it best if the shit fits wear it and those guys got a whole bunch of shit suits that they're going to have to wear now. They're going to stink. Their shit is stinking to high heaven, and now everybody's seeing it. And, you know, I got to tell you, a lot has gone on today since I've dropped it. 
Okay, now we're getting to what I thought we would get to at about 15 minutes into the interview. What exactly has happened to you today since you dropped this bomb? And I guess we're going long. Let's hear it. Yeah. Let's go long, man. I'm with you. Uh, I'm going to tell you, and for all those, anybody who's watching right now, I want to look directly into the camera. Can you? Is this cool? I want to yeah. look directly into the camera. For those that are watching right now, I want to tell all of you that are watching that hit me up on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. I saturated everywhere with this and my team saturated it everywhere. I want to tell all of you that supported me today that my family loves you. and I love you. And I know my brother Michael loves you because you came to my aid. I'm not a hero. I'm not a superhero. I'm not Superman. But you you people have been, you wonderful, beautiful people been calling me a hero. You stood up. I'm just a man. I'm a simple man. My parents are simple people. They're beautiful people. We are humble people. We are a blue-collar family. We have garnered friends through me, my brother, that are heads of state. And the people that pick up our recycling. They mean equally to us what all of you do, especially what you showed today. And I, I just want to thank all of you because I didn't know what to expect today when I pressed send on that video. I didn't, I didn't know what to expect. All I could do was pray that it would go my way and somebody would see it and say, hey, man, I feel you. And I'm with you and I'm standing with you. So, again, to all of you that chimed in today and will keep chiming in, I don't know what to say about the support and love you've given me because I'm just a man. I'm a simple man trying to trying to play my horn, play my music, and to get somewhere in life. So, at the end of it, because my mother and father sacrificed so much for me to get to where I am right now, Jay, that that's why I get angry when people say these things and they lie on me and they talk to me that I'm less than a man. As my father told me yesterday when we were listening to that music, he said, don't let anybody ever tell you that you're less than you're worth. You're my son. And I know what you can do. Winston, we talked for an hour and 10 minutes before we finally got to the part I wanted to get to. This is the part that you needed to go through, brother. This is the part I wanted. This is the reason I said yes. We needed to I get work here. Very, I work very hard in my life, man. I work very hard in my life and I've taken a lot of shit from people who ain't worth a damn and I've tried to get along with them and they think that this shit is funny and it's not funny. They don't know what I've went through to get here. They don't know what kind of sacrifices I've had to do to get here and not just to prove it to my own family that I could do it, but to prove it to myself. That's who I am. 
mind if I bring myself back in here, Winston. No, I'm proud of you, brother. Good. How do you feel after yeah, that? Uh, I hate to sound like a therapist, but how do you feel no, after no, that? No, that was no, hell. No. That was... I'm sick of this shit, Jay. All I wanted was a chance. It's all I ever wanted in life was a chance, and good people gave me chances. And I don't mean to go long on your show, but let me name a couple of those people. Let me Please. name a few. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Guys like David Murray, great saxophone player. People like Illinois Jaquette, God rest his soul. Lionel Hampton gave me my first jazz gig after being with the Stylistics at 18. Russell Tompkins Jr., the lead singer of the Stylistics, gave me my first shot. I graduated high school. Not even months after I was on the road with them as a teenager. People like that. I'm trying to think of other people. People like Roy Hargrove, God rest his soul. I was in his first big band. He didn't know me from Adam. He heard me with David Murray in Atlanta. Walked up to me and said, hey, man, I need a lead trumpet player, man. I'm starting this new big band. I walked in. That was when I moved to New York. I walked into New York. The week I got there, I opened at the Village Vanguard. That was a hell of a way to come into New York. Here's the new guy in town, another person. Clifford playing the Adams. Vanguard. That's nice. Yeah, playing the Vanguard. That was my entry week, man. And it it's was big, like awesome. literally, literally every jazz, great jazz musician was there. And I'm going to name some of those people. Mario Rivera and his son Phoenix walked right up to me and said, welcome to town, man. You're a badass. I mean, That's one of the awesome. greatest, greatest. You know who I used to go see play there? Who? Mr. Lou Soloff. There in the Village yep. Gate. The Vanguard yep. in the Village yep. Gate. He was always down at the yep. gate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's people like those guys that gave me patience. Higgins gave me a chance in New York when I got there. Thelonious Sphere Monk Jr., T.S. Monk, too. When I was in the Duke Ellington Orchestra, I was playing lead. I didn't even know this cat was coming to see me on Tuesday nights. When Don Sickler got ready to leave the band, T.S. Monk could have got any trumpet player in town. He could have got any young guy in town at the time, and there were plenty of them. And I'll name them, like Pevin Everett, uh, Darren Barrett. Those guys were playing up a storm at that time. And I could play jazz at the time, but I was also a lead trumpet player. And I'll never forget it. I'll never forget the night Monk offered me the gig. I'm telling you, it's like stuff of a Hollywood movie, man. I was sitting in the back of his Mercedes. He was in front. Willie Williams' great tenor was sitting in the passenger seat. And picture this. I'm sitting at a light, 11th Avenue. We going north. We was hanging out after the rehearsal. These two cats turn around, looked at me at a red light, and Monk says, hey, man, we really like what you do, man. Would you like to join the band? And at that, mo- at that moment, all time stopped. Yeah, I mean, it was it was like the Matrix. Like they were still, but I could go, I could just touch things. I'm like, what do I do? Oh my god, everything's magic. I, I couldn't get yes out of my body fast enough. And I'm going to tell you, and if two, if you're watching, I learned so much shit in five years from you, man. I'm indebted to you for the rest of my life, man. And I want you to know that. I'm glad to hear the other side of this because there's a tremendous amount of gratitude in your heart and always has been. I don't want people to get the wrong idea and think that you're just the guy who goes out and blows whistles. This is new for you. You know what? This is new for me, man. 
I, 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 you look, let me say this one thing here. Yeah. I did not want to have to do this. I even said it in the video. I didn't want to have it to come to this. But when your hand is forced, when they think you're just a nobody, when they think they got you beat, you got to dig your heels in and say, oh, hell no. Somebody going to know they've been in a fight today. And you know what? I'm not afraid of them. You know, I mean, today it was quite interesting. You know, I'm going to keep your friends close, but keep your enemies closer. Yeah. Wayne and I were, were, were connected on Facebook that ended today. So I took it a step further and blocked him. Hey man, we didn't have a friendship to begin with. You should have never said what she said, but then I started to see a couple other people and I, I really hate to say this, you know, and if he's watching, you know what, man, I love you. But if you don't want to talk to me anymore, and that's Arturo Sandoval. I've known this man for 17, since I was 17 years old. And I guess he blocked me on Facebook. You know what, brother? I love you. I love what you do. And if that's the way you want to go, hey, man, I was your friend. I was always your friend. Even when I was a teenager, when I met you back in Wilmington, Delaware, at the Clifford Brown Jazz Festival, I tore my ass to get down from New York to meet you for the first time, and you offered to teach me. I'll never forget that because you blew everybody away saying that you wanted to teach me. Little old piss at me. But you know what? What I did today totally showed me who my friends truly are. And I can go with that. Because what you said about me wearing my head, uh, uh, heart on my sleeve and stuff, yeah, I do. And I'm not ashamed of that. Because I'm the type of cat that I will give you the shirt off my back. That's right. But if you have to go that much to burn my ass or to cross me, man, I'll take this goddamn grudge to the grave. <laughs> and I don't care. Either. I hope that's not necessary. <laughs> no, you know I hope what? to There's God you find some healing in this. I, I hope, to, I you hope know that what? something. You know what? Here's mm -hmm. the healing that will come out of it. Maybe one day. The five men that I've talked about in this conversation will one day, the light will go on and say, you know what? I should have never done that to him. But is that what you never need, did, Winston? Is that what will make you feel better? Because I don't even think you know, that'll do it. You know what? I don't know. I can't say individually through those five gentlemen what they could do to make me feel better because they wronged me. And they went to great lengths to wrong me. This is now, this is, this is now, it, it's personal, it's business, both mixed together. But what they've done is so abhorrent, is so vile, so disgusting. The only damn things that are black and white in music, man, is the mute, are the notes on the page. That's what it should be about. It shouldn't be about you know, oh, he's black or he's white or he's Asian or whatever. That's why you don't see anybody that looks like me on Hollywood studio orchestras, man. And there are people that have said it today on these posts. It's like, we don't see anybody that looks like you. You know, don't see anybody look like me. Back in the 70s and the 80s, oh, my God, you had Snooki Young, Al Aarons, Bobby Bryant. Those are the greatest players. When those, guys, I, died out, when those guys died out and left the scene, there were no other players. There was one, maybe like there was Ray Brown and he's retired. There's a couple other guys, but there's no, there's nothing now. There's no minority representation 
in the studio orchestras. No, heavy. I, I hear you saying that. I have no way to verify that today. You know what I mean? I have a tremendous amount of friends who play gigs and studio sessions in Los Angeles. They're black, they're white, they're all different color. So oh, yeah, but believe, I can't, but believe, you know what I mean? Like, believe, so what you're saying, I believe, it, but it doesn't it, resonate it, with it, me because it, my side okay. says, oh, there's a whole rainbow of colors in the orchestras in Los Angeles. Yeah, well, you know what? When I look in the trumpet sections or in the brass sections, I don't see. Them. Oh, I can't and say. I don't. I don't know. And, there, and there's and there's a guy that I know that puts out these pictures and he puts them out on Facebook of all the studio orchestras and who's playing on this movie. And there's nobody who looks like me. But again, so then, what is your? What are you? Are you going to start a movement where we need to hire more black musicians in Hollywood? Like, what do we want out of this? You know what I want out of this? I want my fair share. If it's going to bring awareness as well. And everybody wants to get on board and let's do it together. But I don't know what's going to happen at this point. All I know is I'm going to keep the heat on. And if they're watching, yeah, I'm going to keep the heat on. You you, you mess with the wrong person. Okay, so this is an ongoing thing. T- today is not the end of this. This is good. No, is just this the is beginning. Either, either, look, th- either one or two things is going to happen. Either we're going to come to the table and end this stuff. Or we're just going to keep, it's just going to keep going on until, you know, and I mean, there's even more evidence that I still haven't even revealed yet. I haven't even revealed it. And it's like, and it's just so damning. Right. I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I'm not extorting anybody or anything like that. I'm not trying to, but that's kind of my point though. So we want to know, we want other people to know why you are doing this. Is it, it's not just to make yourself feel better. That's not enough of a reason. You're bigger than that. No, because I want my place at the table. I've worked very hard for 15 years. And so there's no reason. This whole thing is not simply to uh, explode the system. This whole thing is to say, hey, uh, I had to make a fuss so that you recognize me in the room over here. Uh, now that you do, um, let's talk. Is it that kind of thing? Or are you not even open to that sort of. I mean, where are you at? What do you want? If, say, these guys called you tomorrow, one of these five guys calls you tomorrow and says, all right, you put your thing out, you made your stink, you've made enough traction, okay, we get it, we, we hear you, what do you want, Winston? Then what do you say? I want my place at the table. All right, I want to play. You want to play. That's really, no, at the end I of the want, day, that's what I you want. want you want to play. That's right. I want my place at the table with the rest of my peers. There's no reason to keep me out. I proved myself time and time and time again on TV, on movies, on everything. That you, can but I'm play. a joke to them. Yes, no. well, you you're saying you feel like you're a joke to them. Has anyone said that? Yeah, and they make me feel like a joke. Oh, okay. They come down. I mean, it's like look at it. I'm going to make him wait. I'm going to stonewall him. I'm not going to give him due process. I mean, there are bylaws to this, Jay. Yeah, I you agree won't with that. give me due process. No, I agree with that. When it comes to the union stuff, it is kind of black and white, or at least it, it theoretically should be. I mean, because it's all contractual. Everything's contractual, so it's all covered. It's this way or it's this way. I pay my dues. I should be afforded every, every, whatever I get with that representation, my voice heard. Even though I'm rank and file, I'm part of that. My money goes into it. But if my money goes into an organization that the officers or officer is trying to bury me like a cat turd, to me, that sounds like a scam. Colorful. (laughs) Having just done the cat box today, it's very fresh in my mind. Um, 
All right. I mean, we have to think about wrapping this up. I love you. I could talk to you as my friend through this this tumultuous period uh, for hours and hours, and I'm happy to do that off the air, or I'm happy to keep going. I don't know where we're going from here. I know you want to play. You want your seat at the table. What do we? What can people who are watching the show who feel um, sympathetic to your cause? What can they do? Should they send you a message on Facebook? Should they send a letter to the union? Like, what should they do? You know what? If you guys want to take on the union, you want to make your voice heard. I mean, if I'll say this, if any of you are union members out there, whether you're an auto worker, uh, machinist, whatever, if you're in a union, go to your union official, tell them about this, because, you know, in one of the in one of the uh, 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 letters, and I believe it was the letter from Ray Hare, he listed all these unions that are standing with the. AFM in solidarity over this rooting out racism and racial bias. Mm-hmm. If you're one of those unions, you better have a you better have a long look at who you're standing next to, because they could be very well bullshitting you into looking like an idiot. I see. And, yeah. and that was your point from the beginning. Really? Well, that's part of it. But if you want to do something for the cause, tell your unions about this. And you know what? If you need to make your voice heard to 47, make your voice heard to the 47 AFM that you're not going to put up with. This is wrong. This is pure D wrong. I mean, now the positive backlash, if you want to call it today, let me tell you. I want to hear today, positive. Please bring on some positive. Today, I gained an ally and there this ally this wonderful ally that's on my team and lee's probably watching right now they uh they're they're getting the connection with actually black lives matter not 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 only here in philadelphia but in los angeles and we're then we're we're actually conversing and they're 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 being told my plight so this could go anywhere i mean the longer they sit silent the more I have to build it up and I'll keep stacking the deck against them until they lose. I'm not to be played. Is with, that your, but it, I can't believe that that's your goal to just take them down. Now. I don't believe that I have to believe that something could fix this for you. I can't believe the guy I know doesn't have that in his heart. The guy I know wants what's right you know, and for everything to, for everyone to get their peace and whatever, even Steven. Yeah. But you know what, when you've been lied to, and bullied, bullshitted for as long as I have through this whole ordeal. At some point, you got to say enough and you have to remove what's there so you can have some change because these guys aren't going to change anything. And all they're doing. Oh, is I see. So we're trying they're to just, maybe. They're going uh, to they're going to they're going to keep the old go along to get along. So your goal and maybe with that to be to, to change the politics of the board. You know what? We got an election coming up this year, and they should have known. This about is the smart way to attack this, sir. Go for it. No, they they have they you know they have an election coming up this year, and they could theoretically be outseated. Uh, I don't know about theoretically outseated, but when you. When you have anybody running? I mean, when you say there's an election coming, we got to wrap this up, brother. I can't figure out where we're going to go. 
<laughs> All I want is for you to be happy. Give me a hug. Oh, I'm, no, no, no. I'm going to be happy again. Trust me. Okay. Because all these people that are contacting me and letting me know how they feel about me and what I'm doing, that's what makes me happy. That lets me know I'm doing something right. You know, that's the... Don't that, you feel that, that in your heart? Don't oh, you feel, I feel that right it now? In my heart. I feel it in my heart, but I'm telling you, man, some of these messages that I read today, I'm going to tell you, they, they brought me to tears, man. Because I'm telling you, it was like, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect, you know, people to say these things to me because I didn't know where it was going to go. I was kind of looking like I was going to get attacked because I'm basically going up against Goliath and I'm David. But you know what? I got my trusty slingshot in my back pocket and I got three. Actually, I got five stones that are really, really smooth, you know, and I don't miss. I don't miss. I feel like that that may be the right attitude if you're going into it like that. You, you know what's going on. No, man. I, hey, look. I have tried. I feel like you might be a little more realistic than you have sounded throughout this. You know what I mean? I, I feel have, like a I lot have, of this is you trying to tell your story, trying to get people on your side. And a lot of it is just I hear a guy who's hurting who needs to get this, get whatever's going on here, write it. Well, I've walked around with this for a lot of years. Three, like I said, and with another seven added on top to it that all the skullduggery was going on behind my back and I didn't even know what was going on, man. And then for it to, when you get one little piece and that piece opens up into such horror and you really see it for what it is and you know where it's coming from and you see that this has been going on for a long time without your knowledge, man, it just, it's inhuman. Absolutely inhuman. There's no reason for that. The way I was brought up, Jay, and this is just how my parents taught me if you work hard and you keep at it and you try your best to stay in the right, you'll succeed. And those are the things that I live by. I watch my parents, my father, 50 some year truck driver. He started out way down on the ladder working at Del Monte. By the time he retired, he was like shop steward, man about the the local. Everybody knew him. Everybody, you know, everybody liked him. He was the he was he was a good guy that everybody liked and respected. And he's still that person. My mother, beautician, 40 years, customers out the wazoo, they love her. They couldn't get nobody wanted their hair done by anybody else but Nellie Bird. And she did it. And to this day, she's 77 years old, and she's my personal hairstylist, and I love her to death. All right. Much you love know, to her, too. Uh, Winston, we have to – I mean, we are all over the place here, buddy. We have to wrap it up. It's been an hour Let's and a half. I, I love Let's you. Go. I'm yes. sympathetic to your plight here. I don't still to this moment have any idea what the fuck is going on with your story. You're all over the place, but I want you to know that I am here for you. Let's do a follow-up when you know what's going on. Let's – Let's come back on when you have somebody reaching out to you or you hear this or we haven't heard anything in three months or whatever. Tell me how I can help you. Call me whatever. For anyone who's watching this, please uh, check out Winston's – check out the whole story and the whole thing. There's a whole thread to follow on Winston's uh, Facebook. Yeah, you can go to YouTube. And it's Winston Bird, B-Y-R-D. That is correct. Yeah. How are you? I'm checking – story and everything else out of this. I want to check in with my friend. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. 
Yeah, well, you know, it's been a lot, you know, because I'm, I'm clearing up, you know, my brother's estate, help my parents clear that up. And uh, I mean, how are you feeling wait. right now, Winston? Why do you not know how what I'm I mean? feeling? I want to know how you are right now after having an hour and a half of purge. <laughs> Did we lose him? That was it? <laughs> Tell me you're still there, Winston. Oh, that's so funny. All right, well, I'm, maybe he'll come back in a second. That's just a riot. All right, well, we love Winston Bird so much. Uh, please go to his Facebook page uh, and find out what the heck is going on there. There's I lost you. Thing. Oh, he is here. Here he is. You back? No, I hear him, but... <laughs> All right. Uh, we love you at home. Thanks for watching a very interesting... Very, this has been a very special episode of The Late Night Playset. <laughs> uh, for Mrs. Ryan over there and myself, uh, thank you very much. And we will... Uh, also, oh, tomorrow. Tomorrow. We got to talk to you about tomorrow. Hang on. I can't say goodbye just yet. Tomorrow we've got... Uh, Winston, we're, we've said goodbye to you. <laughs> Tomorrow we've got Tori Alonzo is back, and we're going to be talking about. Uh, we got Spike Ferriston who came to Breakfast Club last week. We want to talk about that? We want to talk about. Uh, well, there's a bunch of stuff. There's a bunch of stuff. Tune in tomorrow, with Tori. Uh, have a great night. We love you. Uh, please love one another.